Hey guys, this is David, aka Bible Scribe. Thank you for checking out my podcast today. I just wanted to remind you that I also have a YouTube channel and a blog. This podcast is a rebroadcast of my YouTube videos. You can find my YouTube channel with an easy search for Bible Scribe. My blog is www.bible-scribe.com, and there you can find notes from my broadcasts and contact me directly using the contact form on that site. So please find a way to connect with me or my other listeners, and God bless you in your search for the truth of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Now to the podcast. Hello guys, it is Bible Scribe. It is great to be with you again. The Book of Life and the Akashic Records. So we're going to delve into this topic mainly about the Book of Life in the Scriptures. Uh, and then we're going to take, take a section at the end of this video and we're going to compare that to what is known or talked about about the Akashic Records. If you have any background on that. Um, but we will have a little by the end of this video so we're going to look first in the scriptures at the book of life that is talked about particularly in revelation but in actually quite a few other places uh, so we'll spend some time in the scripture there and then some other sources that talk about specifically the book of life here's our outline coming up here and so we're going to start in the bible obviously go through maybe a dozen scriptures in the bible about the book of life then we're going to talk about the references I found in the Pseudepigrapha, just a few writings there, uh, ancient writings that mirror the scriptures or talk about the same things. And then we're going to talk about the early Christian writings, how they talked about the Book of Life. And as, as we go through those different sources, the Bible, the Pseudepigrapha, the early Christian writings, we're going to build a list of the facts that we now understand about the Book of Life. Uh, kind of like a, you know, a fact sheet, we're going to take the actual factual things we find and put a list together so that at the end we can look at that list and say wow that's the components or properties of this book of life and what it means and what how it functions and then after we do all that we're going to do a small comparison with the akashic records now that's a term that's used uh, by esoterists but it's interesting to me because I do have some background studying esoteric belief and theosophy. Uh, it's interesting to me that what is talked about and described in the, the Bible as the book of life is very similar to what people on that side, of course, I believe that side is spiritually Luciferian and Gnostic, but they talk about a similar thing. And so we'll just briefly examine how that compares to the book of life in Scripture. And then I'll give a short summary and we'll be done. But I think this is going to be, if, if you're like me, this was super interesting just to really hone in on this book of life and what it means and how that appears in different writings, including the scriptures. So let's get started. In Revelation, starting with the scriptures themselves, in the book of Revelation, this is the verse that most people... Uh, think of or they initially respond to when they're talking about the book of life it says then death and hades 
in verse 14, were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death of the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So this will be our first reference because it's the most widely known and talked about when people talk about the book of life. And so now we're going to start building this list of these facts we know about the book of life. Number one, as we just read, that names are written in it. And then that those names or that those whose names are not in it are going to be thrown in the lake of fire at the final judgment. And so just as we said here in the verses, if anyone's name is not found in the book, they were thrown in the lake of fire. So that right now is all we know, but this list is going to grow as we go. So the next verse we're going to look at, and still in Revelation, Revelation chapter 3 verse 5 says, He that overcomes, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. So in this verse we see that your name could be blotted out of the book, removed from the book of life. As so is the case with, I would assume, every man. Your name could be blotted out. Then in Revelation, again in chapter 20, but in verse 12, we see this. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So interesting, now we're getting a lot more information in this verse. It says not only was the book of life opened, but books were opened. And then there was another called the book of life. And then out of all these books were judged the dead out of the things written in the books according to their works. So now you've got a lot more clues. Let's add to our list. So now here on our list, on the side, on the left, you have the book of life. And we already had that names are written in it. Those who are not written in it would be thrown in the lake of fire. But now we can add to this that names can be blotted out of the book, as we just read, and that names in the book will be confessed by Christ to God the Father. And that this is also not the only book that's in heaven. Okay, so it said there are other books. And so that's why I started now on the right side, listing out the attributes of just the heavenly books, the books that are in heaven, in addition to the book of life. So these heavenly books, as we just read, they contain the works of mankind, and they are used to judge mankind by. All right? So it's a record of the deeds of man. So continuing on with scripture verses, we have Philippians chapter 4, verse 3. It says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Uh, just a, a short reference here, but it shows us now that we can add on our list that the Book of Life contains the names of Christians. All right, before we hadn't really read that specifically, but now with this reference uh, from uh, from Paul in the Book of Philippians, that generally speaking, Christians are the ones whose names are in the Book of Life. Those who will essentially inherit the kingdom are in the Book of Life. Continuing on, now Psalms chapter 56 has a reference to the book, and it says this, Shall they escape by iniquity? Psalms 56 verse 7. In thine anger cast down the people, O God. 
Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? And here we can see that this is a reference that David makes to a book that is in God's hands. And that he's saying, my wanderings and my tears, all of my doings essentially, are in your book. And so that uh, is in regard to the books we just talked about where it records the deeds of mankind. And David is referring specifically to that book. Now also, because that didn't add any more information, we'll go straight into Exodus chapter 32, where Moses is speaking. It says in verse 31, Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin, meaning the Israelites, and have made themselves gods of gold. Yet now if you will forgive their sin and not blot me, I pray, or and if not, blot me, I pray, out of thy book which thou hast written. So he is saying, in essence, to God, because the Israelites were being wicked, and they made the golden calf, and God, his anger was kindled against them. So Moses comes to God and says, Please, Lord, if you will forgive their sin, I will even allow you or ask you to blot my name out of the book of life in their, in their stead. So Moses, obviously an incredible leader for the Israelites, the perfect one at that time, was willing to give his salvation for the Israelite nation because they were wicked. And then another reference uh, that is the last one I think that we'll look at in the Bible is Daniel chapter 7. And this is referring to similar things that are in the book of Revelation, but I'm not going to make those comparisons right now. We're just going to look at these references to the books of the book of life. But in Daniel 7, verses 9 through 11, it says this, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered to him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. Of course, these are these heavenly books. I beheld then, because of the voice, the great words which the horn spake, I beheld till the beast was slain, his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. So, uh, just another reference to these heavenly books that are opened in... Uh, when judgment is occurring. And because these, these books obviously record the deeds that are judged. Alright, so that's the scriptures. Uh, there may be a couple more references in the scriptures, but those show us all the different facts that we needed to add to our list so far uh, to build that list of what is the book of life and what are these other books in heaven. So now we're going to look at just a couple references in pseudepigrapha, or ancient texts, mainly Jewish, that are, you know, comparable to the Bible, that uh, speak alongside the Bible. So let's look at some of those. So in the book of Enoch, chapter 81, verses 1 and 2, it says, And he said unto me, Observe, Enoch, these heavenly tablets, and read what is written thereon, and mark every individual fact. And I observe the heavenly tablets, says Enoch and read everything which was written thereon, and understood everything, and read the book of all the deeds of mankind, and of all the children of flesh, that shall be upon the earth even to the remotest generations." So amazing text here. Enoch sees the heavenly tablets. God is the one that shows them to him. 
and he observes them and reads them and he understands everything in them which is the deeds of all mankind of all the children of flesh that would ever live on the earth to the remotest generations then in the book of Enoch, chapter 104, verse 2, says, I know a mystery and have read the heavenly tablets. Again, this is Enoch speaking. And have seen the holy books and have found written therein and inscribed regarding them. So then he goes on after this to describe the things that were in the heavenly books. And the book of Enoch, by the way, if you haven't just read through it, I encourage you to do so. It is amazing and it describes a lot of the heavenly realm, the spiritual dimension that we do not see. And so it, um, in that regard, is an amazing journey to read that book, and I love it. In the book of Enoch, chapter 107, verses 19, uh, he says, And after that there shall be still more unrighteousness than that which was first consummated on the earth. I know the mysteries of the holy ones, for he the Lord has showed me and informed me, and I have read them in the heavenly tablets. So again, referencing these heavenly books, where he is able to read, because Enoch ascended to heaven, God took him uh, without dying to heaven, but he was allowed then to read these heavenly books and understand the deeds of mankind throughout all of history and future history for him. So now we can add to our list, oh, actually we're going to go through one more verse, we'll go through all of Enoch, and then we'll add to the list, and I'll show that to you in just a second. But in chapter 109, it says this, Another book which Enoch wrote for his son Methuselah, and for those who will come after him and keep the law in the last days, you have done good, shall wait for those days till an end is made of those who work evil and an end of the might of the transgressors, and ye wait indeed, uh, and wait ye indeed till sin has passed away, for their names shall be blotted out of the book of life and out of the holy books, and their seed shall be destroyed forever, their spirits be slain. They will cry, make lamentation in a place that is chaotic and wild, and in the fire they shall burn, for there is no earth there. So this is actually Enoch telling Methuselah. you got to remember and put your mind in the time frame where they were speaking these things. But Enoch is telling Methuselah about what is going to happen in the time leading up to the great flood of Noah. All right? So he's talking about how all the wickedness is going to be judged and uh, that those people, those wicked people in the time of Noah that were killed in the flood, their names were blotted out of the book of life and out of the holy books because it's, it talks about it in Genesis 6. They were all wicked. So now this is another thing we understand. So now we've built a, more of a list. Let's look at our list of facts now on the book of life and the holy books in heaven. So the things we can add on the side of the book of life is that it is located in heaven. We've seen this in the, the writings on Enoch. Of course, we could have inferred that from the scriptural uh, references in the Bible, but now it's just stated plainly for us that this is in heaven. Uh, and then on the side of just the heavenly books or the heavenly tablets, now we know that they contain all the works of all mankind, both now and future. All right. They're used to judge men. Then, uh, we just read that Enoch read all these books, that names that are in these books can be blotted out. So we knew before from the Bible that your name could be blotted out of the book of life, but now we see that it could be blotted out from the history records. And that is what Enoch says in the book of Enoch, 
about those before the flood who turned all wicked, that their names were blotted out of all the books. And again, that all these heavenly books, we can say now, are located in heaven, according to the book of Enoch, where we just read. So now another writing we're going to look at, the Kebra Nagast. Uh, in chapter 65, verse 1, it just says that Solomon, it's talking about Solomon, he was very important to the Ethiopians. That's why there's a lot about Solomon in the Kebra Nagast. But Solomon sinned an exceedingly great sin, it says, through the worship of idols, and from being a wise man, he became a fool. And his sin is written in the book of the prophets. And the archbishops who were there answered and said, Hath God had mercy on Solomon for this error which is written down as his sin? Yea, God had mercy on him, and his name is numbered with the names of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David, his father, in the book of life in heaven. So it's talking about Solomon, even though he had sin in his life, that he that God has had mercy on him because obviously of his belief in God and his trust, trust and faith, just like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David, uh, and that their names are written in the book of life in heaven. Now in chapter 118, verse 2, it says, Pray ye for your servant Isaac, and for those who toiled with me in going out of this book, for we were sore in tribulation. May God have mercy upon them, and may he write their names in the book of life in the kingdom of heaven, with all of those saints and martyrs forever and ever. Amen. Again, just another reference to names being written down in that book of life. The righteous, the names of the righteous, the holy, the ones that have faith in God. Now, uh, that didn't add anything to our list, so we're going on to the book of Jubilees. Chapter 3, verse 31, it says, On this account it is prescribed in the heavenly tablets, as touching all those who know the judgment of the law, that they should cover their shame and not uncover themselves as the Gentiles uncover themselves. Uh, so this reference and the next one we're going to read are about the law, the Mosaic law that was given to the Israelites. And Jubilees is very heavy on the Jewish side of things. It's all about the Jewish nation. Um, and so it's talking about the Mosaic law and that it's all written down. Not only did God inscribe it on the tablets for Moses, he inscribed it in heavenly tablets, these heavenly books. Chapter 4, verse 32 says, For this reason it was ordained on the heavenly tablets, with the instrument with which a man kills his neighbor, the same shall he be killed. After the manner that he wounded, in the same manner shall they deal with him. So this is that eye for an eye kind of concept that's in the Mosaic Law. And they're saying, you know, the Book of Jubilees uh, is saying that uh, it was written in those heavenly tablets along with, you know, the deeds of men, the Book of Life. There's all these different things that are up there in these heavenly books. Chapter 6, verse 30. And all the days of the commandment will be two and fifty weeks of days, and these will make the entire year complete. Thus it is engraven and ordained on the heavenly tablets. Now this is not talking about Mosaic law per se. This is now talking about the order of the cosmos, the heavens, the sun, the moon. And so it's talking about the days of a year would be fifty and two weeks. And so that makes the entire year complete. And so this heavenly order of things is also established on heavenly tablets or heavenly books. So then in the book of Jubilees, chapter 39, verse 5 and 6, it talks about this. It talks about Joseph when he was tempted by Potiphar's wife. It says, Joseph's appearance was comely 
And beautiful was his appearance, and his master's wife lifted up her eyes and saw Joseph, and she loved him and besought him to lie with her. But he did not surrender his soul, and remembered the Lord and the words which Jacob his father used to read from amongst the words of Abraham, that no man should commit fornication with a woman who has a husband, and that for him the punishment of death has been ordained in the heavens before the Most High God. And the sin will be recorded against him in the eternal books continually before the Lord. So, again, a reference to these eternal books in heaven before the Lord. And that Joseph knew that if he had committed this sin with Potiphar's wife and slept with her, that that would have been recorded against him in those books. So he did not do it. So now we can add just a little bit more to our lists. The book of life, we just read that not only are these books in heaven, but they're before God. So I just added that to our location there. And then on the side of all the heavenly books, it's the same. They're located in heaven before God. They contain the Mosaic Law, and they contain the order of the cosmos. The stars, the moon, the sun, all these things. And then also, I didn't mention, but that, that stuff is also recorded in the book of Enoch, if go and read like I said the book of Enoch is quite a journey um, but that stuff is described there too and it's all because Enoch was reading those heavenly books and looking through that stuff and God was teaching him these things all right so now early Christian writings that's all we're gonna do in those ancient works but these early Christian writings there's a few uh, that are gonna tell us about this book of life so in the Shepherd of Hermas Chapter 3, verse 2, For as the smith hammering his work conquers the task which he wills, so doth the righteous discourse repeatedly daily conquer evil. Cease not, therefore, to reprove your children, for I know that if they shall repent with their heart, they shall be written in the books of life with the saints. So, repentance with your heart, turning to God, this is what causes your name to be written in the book of life with the saints. Also in Hermas chapter 51, verses 8 and 9, it says, So likewise the poor, by interceding with the Lord for the rich, establish their riches. And again, the rich, supplying their needs to the poor, establish their souls. So then both are made partners in the righteous work. He then that doeth these things shall not be abandoned of God, but shall be written in the books of the living. So it's just interesting um, Again, we have the reference to the book of the living, the books, quote, plural, of the living. Um, but I also thought this passage was quite interesting because it talks about how the poor, even though they don't have money to give, they are to intercede for those that have money, and in that, they're doing a good work. Whereas those who have money, when they help the poor with their, their uh, belongings, by helping them by giving charity, they both each are doing a good thing, a good work, and that is recognized by God and written in these heavenly books. Um, so interesting to me. I just like that. Uh, talks about the early kind of Christian concept of giving and what it was about. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about the old Hebrew tithe, because that the law in the temple was done away with. That wasn't the that wasn't the standard anymore. It's just giving how you could, how you saw fit, how God led you to give. And so for the poor, it wasn't always money. It was, it was giving by interceding for the rich, by praying for people. And um, those who had you know, possessions, they could help and be good by giving of their possessions. So it's just an interesting. I, I love that passage. We read in the first epistle of Clement to the Corinthians, 
chapter 30 or 53 verse 4 uh, that Moses said nay not so Lord forgive this people their sin or blot me out also of the book of the living now this is a quote from Exodus chapter 32 which we just read a little bit ago where Moses is praying on behalf of the Israelites and saying how wicked they are but that he would give up his spot in the book of life if God would forgive the people of their sins so I just wanted to show you that this idea carried over and was emphasized by Clement, one of the earliest church fathers in his writings. So now what we know so far, now this is everything together, and now we've gone through all our sources that I'm going to hit on the Book of Life or the Heavenly Books. So just to recap on the Book of Life, we know it's located in heaven before God and His throne. Names are written in it, and we know that these names are the names of Christians. The names in this book will be confessed by Christ to God the Father. He intercedes for the Christians in that way. Those whose names are not in the book are going to be thrown in the lake of fire at some point. Names can be blotted out of the book based on sin, apparently. And that this is not the only book in heaven, but one of many. And so on the heavenly book side now, on the right here, we know these are also located in heaven before God and his throne. They contain all the works of man, all mankind, past, present, and future. These contain also the Mosaic law that was given to Abraham and uh, or Moses and the Israelites. It also contains the order of the heavens, the cosmos. So in some regard, it's got to contain information on how angels were supposed to respond. Perhaps it contains the deeds of angels. I don't know that for sure. We didn't read that. But we do know that Enoch read all of these heavenly tablets, and that's part of what God took him to heaven for. You know, it is said in other writings that Enoch was God's scribe, and that's why God brought him to heaven because of his faithfulness, but because he was going to become God's scribe in heaven. Perhaps it was in regards to some of these books. These books, these heavenly tablets, are used to judge mankind. And that names can also be blotted out of these books in general, not just the book of life perhaps, but perhaps as Enoch was told about the flood, that it was going to erase those wicked, that wicked generation from the books in heaven. All the record of their history just erased. Alright, that's what we know so far. Now we're going to go to this part where we're going to compare what we now know about the Book of Life and these other heavenly tablets against the idea of the Akashic Records. And don't worry if you don't know what these are, we're going to go a little bit into what they are uh, so that we can make that comparison. So let's talk a little bit about the Akashic Records. They are said to be a compendium of all universal events, thoughts, and words, and emotions, and intents ever to have occurred in the past, present, or future in terms of all entities and life forms, not just humans. These are believed, these Akashic records, are believed by theosophists to be encoded in a non-physical plane of existence known as the mental plane. It is believed that all thoughts, words, and intent generate their own unique frequency or vibration, which is then stored in the Akashic records um, because all things are recorded in those records, according to those who believe in them uh, and use this term. So now just know that uh, I don't condone necessarily the use of this term to describe uh, anything in heaven or in the spiritual world, but 
but as we go through some of the, we're going to go through a few people that have talked and they brought this idea forward. Uh, and as we learn about that, we'll realize that there's a, a pretty high level of parallel to what we read in the Bible. Uh, we will talk more about that. And I'm, I just want to put a small disclaimer out that I am not endorsing these people we're about to talk about or this idea. I would always approach this and my belief in the books in heaven and the book of life in the sense that the Bible just explained it all to us. But I wanted to bring this because uh, we'll read about in a second why I think this parallels what's in the Bible so closely. Uh, I think it's just important to know these concepts um, are true and are spread throughout lots of different belief systems. So the first person that I wanted to talk about that kind of started the idea of the Akashic Records is Helena P. Blavatsky. Now she was alive from 1831 to 1891 and she introduced the Sanskrit term Akasha to her religion which was Theosophy. And if I had to go further and I have read, I have a book on her and I've read a little bit, quite a bit about H. P. Blavatsky. Uh, but she is essentially Luciferian, all right? So again, I do not endorse the beliefs of these people at all, and we will continue to talk about that, but she introduced this word to her religion, which was called theosophy in the 19th century. She characterized this term akasha to mean a sort of life force or an energy that was in, it was kind of like interdimensional or spiritual. She referred to the indestructible tablets of the astral light. She never said the words Akashic Records, but she introduced all the terms that became what they called the Akashic Records in Theosophy and Esotericism. And she said that these tablets in the astral plane recorded both the past and future of human thoughts and actions. So again, very closely parallels what we've talked about in the Bible and these other writings about these records being in heaven and these records recording the deeds of all mankind for all time, all right? Now, there was a man called, named Edgar Cayce. You may have heard of him. He's termed the sleeping prophet. He would go into a trance sleep, and uh, he could do it at will, and then he would do different things, like uh, in some cases, he would diagnose people's illnesses if they came to him. He would try to tell the future in some cases. He would... Uh, do all these different things while in this trance sleep state. And he was kind of unique in that, uh, but this was what he was known for. But he said this, Upon time and space is written the thoughts, the deeds, the activities of an entity, as in relationships to its environs, the hereditary influence, as directed or judgment drawn by or according to what the entity's ideal is. So essentially here saying that Every thought and deed and activity of every entity and its relationships, it's all written in time and space. So that was one of the things he tried to do when he would go into his sleep trance. He would say that he was accessing that information, whether it was the Akashic records to him. I don't know if he called them that, uh, but he was trying to access this tome of knowledge that was in a, essentially for him the spiritual dimension. Now, again, this echoes what we've heard in the Bible about the heavenly records, the heavenly books. Uh, and so it's just interesting. I wanted to draw these parallels so you see this. There was a lady also named Alice Bailey from 1880 to 1949 was her lifespan. 
So even in the early 20th century is probably when she was saying these things and writing. But she wrote in a book of hers called The Light of the Soul and the Yoga Sutras of Pantajali. The Akashic Record is like an immense photographic film, she says, registering all the desires and earth experiences of our planet. Those who perceive it will see pictured thereon the life experiences of every human being since time began, the reactions to the experience of the entire animal kingdom, and the aggregation of the thought forms of a karmic nature based on desire of every human unit throughout time. Herein lies the great deception of the records and, and it goes on about that deception thing but um, just to show her ideas here and how she describes the Akashic record again enforcing this idea of that it records all deeds of mankind throughout the past present and future and that all that information is recorded in heaven and she wouldn't say heaven probably because these theosophists were mostly like I said Luciferian or Gnostic um, very new age if you will but uh, again, just the concept of this, this ultimate knowledge of all the deeds and history and future of man is very uh, consistent with these guys. The last one we're going to look at here quickly is Rudolf Steiner from 1861 to 1925, around the same time period, the late 19th, early 20th century. He used the Akashic Records concept mainly in a series of articles in his journal called... Lucifer Gnosis. Again, uh, reinforcing what I said, that these guys were Luciferian. They essentially believed Lucifer was a good guy, and he was trying to impart knowledge to humans. And then that, that as far as these people are concerned, their religion was to tap into that knowledge through their worship of Lucifer uh, and their re-enlightenment, because they see Lucifer as having enlightened man instead of God himself, which I think is the opposite. I truly know is the opposite of reality, but these people are deluded by Satan himself. So, But he uh, wrote in this journal about the Akashic Records and their relationship to the lands of Atlantis and Lemuria, which a lot of these theosophists talked about, uh, which I believe is somewhat grounded in some legendary reality, but also some speculation. Uh, and some probably misunderstanding and blurring of the lines between the material world and the spiritual world is what I really think some of that is. Um, so, these are my points on these Akashic Record accounts and these people that believed in the Akashic Records. That while the proponents of the Akashic Records are Luciferian and Gnostic, they do point to similar concepts as the heavenly tablets of the scripture that we talked about. And as with most things spiritual, Luciferians... They use and believe in real things, but they use a twisted perspective, right? So, for instance, they use real demonology, just like Christians believe. We, you should believe in demonology if you're a Christian, because it's true, and it's in the scriptures, and it's in all the Christian writings. But I'm just saying, they also believe in demonology, but they use it to an evil advantage. Some of them conjure demons. Some of them pray to demons, and talk to demons, and try to manifest demons or cause others to become possessed. So it's, again, it's like this Luciferian concepts are based on some real things, but they twist the perspective. So these people believe that Lucifer is really the source of knowledge, as I said before, but they also believe they can access the knowledge that's stored in the Akashic records. 
and they can use those records to see into the future through astral projection and out-of-body experiences. And this is the, the whole reason they even talk about this stuff, because they believe through trance and through going into an out-of-body type of spiritual experience that they can tap into what they call the Akashic Records. And I truly believe that they are talking about essentially the same thing. The heavenly tablets that store all the deeds of mankind and all of history from the past, present, and future. Uh, now, whether they can actually access that information or not, when you go into the spirit realm, there's no way you can know what you're doing because you're physical still. So let me just caution you into thinking that these people have any of the true answers about this stuff. Um, they, I believe, are truly deceived and they have no idea or concept of whether or not they're being truly deceived in the spiritual realm because we are bound by the physical right now. And they are they were when they wrote these things. So I just caution you, that's why I don't take any of these people as far as what they're saying as truth, but that they believe in some of the true parallels that are in the scriptures that we read. And that's why I brought this forward, because some of the things in scripture echo throughout other cultures and religions. And I like bringing that forward because it lends credence to the Bible. Just because other cultures might have, or religions might have taken things out of the scriptures or from the ancient Jewish concepts of things, but they twisted them as time went on. And we see that all over the place with tons of different topics um, in regards to angels and the gods, quote-unquote, and the giants and all these different things. They echo throughout all cultures, but the Bible and the Jewish record gives us a what I perceive as the true, uh, the true record of those things. And so while I find it interesting to study people who believe in the Akashic records, I see that as a parallel to what God's talking about and their perversion of it. So you can take that for what you will. I just think that it's important that we realize these things echo throughout all these other cultures and religions. So in summary, I really don't have a lot to say other than uh, this has been an awesome study for me. I love this concept and knowing about the things in heaven because I expect to be there someday. <laughs> and it's just so awesome to know that God has everything under control. He has a record up there in the book of life and these other heavenly tablets and books of all the deeds of mankind from start to finish. He knows what's going to happen. And so we can be confident that that's all in his hands. And uh, just knowing these heavenly things to me is exciting and um and I get a lot of joy out of that. So I just wanted to bring this information to you to give you that same interest and joy in the things of God and the spiritual things in heaven. Because truly, brother or sister, if you are a Christian and you have faith in God and you're striving to obey Him, then your name is written in that book of life we talked about and you're going to be there someday. The angels know it. They read these books. God knows it. And... Uh, it's 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 written from time immemorial in those books and um, it's just exciting to me to know these things and feel like I'm closer to God by knowing how his how his heaven works how things work in heaven which I think is a directly influences our material existence so um, thank you for joining me hope this has been informative and leave me a like a subscribe get in touch with me by my blog uh, if you can, if you're on the podcast, 
then seek out my blog perhaps and leave me a, a contact uh, on my contact form uh, and I can email you back or whatever. But um, thank you again for being with me and God bless.